0: visit roberthalf.com today
1: who is the 2022 fantasy football mvp we'll find out next on fantasy football today in five welcome to fft in five i'm chris towers here with dave richard and dave the the 2022 fantasy season is is officially officially over it was kind of one officially over after week 17 but we're done we got playoffs we got the super bowl coming up we did our first mock draft. I'm sure we'll be talking about that in the uh, coming days and weeks. We've all yep. got our our early, way, way, way too early 2023 rankings uh, that are going to be up on the site. At least, you know, the the top 12 or so over the next couple of days. So a lot of stuff going on. But we're going to take a few more looks back at the 2022 season. And you and I are going to talk about some fantasy superlatives. We're going to break out the, the yearbook. We're going to sign each other's 2022 fantasy football yearbooks. And you're going to tell me who the 2022 fantasy football MVP is to start. Have a neat summer, Chris. I like Josh Jacobs
0: as the fantasy MVP. 19.3 PPR points per game. Nine games with at least 15 PPR points. How about six games with 20 or more? That's one more game than Saquon Barkley had. And I think it's one or two fewer games than Austin Eckler and Christian McCaffrey each had. So really up toward the elite tier of fantasy running backs. Not bad for a guy who was considered a dead zone running back. Stayed healthy for most of the year. Got a lot of work in that offense. Ended up being a fantasy football stud.
1: Yeah, what makes his, you know, really high ranking to finish the season even more impressive is he kind of got off to a rotten start. Like he if You started <laughs> sure. off your season with Josh Jacobs in your lineup. He was RB 38 in, in week one, RB 27 in week two. From that point on, though, uh, he would have played 14 games with nine top 12 finishes, uh, six top six finishes. So he was stupendous, slowed down a little bit. Week 16, especially RB 38. But yeah, if I was going to pick an, a, an MVP for this season, Josh Jacobs, just the the word valuable really stands out. You know, this was a guy who was a fourth, fifth, maybe sixth round pick in a lot of leagues. I think people had kind of written him off as just, yeah, he'll get you eleven hundred yards, he'll get you eight touchdowns, but that's probably it. And it turns out he was, you know, the third or fourth best running back in fantasy. So, did you have any other candidates for this? No, honestly, I I kind of knew that.
0: That Jacobs was toward the top of the list, and then I just looked at like other players that were, you know, top five at their position, Mm -hmm. excluding tight end, and I mean most of them were were pretty chalky guys. So I'm I feel really good about Jacobs being the MVP, best player in terms of value on draft day.
1: All right, let's talk about the other end and the biggest bust from the 2022 season. I Mm. I think I know who you're going to go with, but let's hear it. I would say that Kyle was the Pitts.
0: And that Kyle That's Pitts yeah. is the fantasy football biggest bust. And yeah, he got hurt. So should that count against him? Uh, yeah, I think it should. He had three games with only 10 plus PPR points. The rest of his games were terrible. You were probably considering benching him before he got hurt. It made it easy to move on from him once he did get hurt, but then you had to go and find another tight end, and I'm sure it was a pain in the keister. This guy was drafted before Josh Jacobs. His ADP was in round four, 40.6 on CBSSports.com. So I, I just I feel like Kyle Pitts should have taken a step forward. It's his second season, uh, an offensive play caller who's creative and more of a receiver than a tight end anyway, and he just really left this hanging. Two touchdowns, three career touchdowns for Kyle Pitts, through his first two years in the National Football League. If you had told me that, Chris Towers, before he had played his first NFL game, I would have said, what in the world are you thinking? There's no way that that's going to be the case, and that is exactly what's happened. Kyle Pitts kind of a bust the last two, kind of, definitely a bust over the last two years, and I say the biggest bust of 2022.
1: Yep, and and I'm ready to get yelled at because I'm going to rank him as my number three tight end for the 2023 season. I think a lot Ooh, of people are probably going to have Hawkinson ahead of him. But yeah. I just look at it this way. Hawkinson was really good with the with the Vikings. He wasn't really great for the most part. It was like a lot of 12-point games. If I'm drafting, you know, the the number three tight end is probably going to be someone who ends up getting pushed into the fourth or fifth round range. If I'm going to do that, I probably want someone who can be a difference maker. I don't think TJ Hawkinson can be. I think Kyle Pitts still can be. So that's that's the thought process there. But obviously, as we've seen, sure. especially this season, a lot of downside with Kyle Pitts, and this is going to depend on who the Falcons get at quarterback. Of for, course. For I,
0: like That's sure. that's what was about to come out of my mouth is who's going to throw the ball to him if it's Marcus Mariota and he's gun-shy like he was this year. Yeah, goodbye. Kyle Pitts can go closer to 10 than 3. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I just don't, I don't see the Falcons making some sort of huge splash at quarterback. They're in a, they're in a pickle
1: for Drake, London and Kyle Pitt's sake. I hope they get someone who can throw the ball. Cause I I'm really excited about the potential of that duo. And hopefully you they know, can get a little more, uh, a little more out of their quarterback spot.
0: Would that be a landing spot where you'd be more confident? Cause if let's just say Derek Carr goes there. Okay, and Derek fun. Carr with Indianapolis or Derek Carr with the Jets—that doesn't—it that, that, doesn't really do a lot for me. Yeah,
1: no, I—I kind of I don't, I, I don't Atlanta, mind
0: Derek Carr there.
1: Yeah, I would be—I would be fine. That, that would be Drake London becomes a top thirty wide receiver. Kyle Pitts, I'm solid at number three at tight end. That, I would feel pretty good about that if Derek Carr went.
0: There would be a veteran quarterback who's had some good numbers with a stud tight end before, yeah. and certainly a big physical perimeter receiver before.
1: All right, before we go, let's get a uh, your fantasy rookie of the year. I think there's some interesting top options here.
0: There are some interesting options, and this one was pretty close between one running back and one wide receiver. I'm taking the running back. Kenneth Walker was my favorite prospect in the draft, goes to Seattle, starts the year behind Rashad Penny, and as soon as Rashad Penny gets hurt, he averages PPR points per game. And there was a lull toward the end of the season. He might've hurt people's chances of making their fantasy championship game, but he ended up being strong for Seattle down the stretch. And we get one more week of him. He's going to have a lot of work on his, on his odometer after his rookie season. I wonder if that's something that's going to actually be bad for his fantasy value because he's going to play in at least one more postseason game and it's going to be against San Francisco. It's probably not going to be that pretty.
1: Yeah, Walker did not crack my top 12 at running back. But I feel like this year for 2023, there's going to be like 10 guys who could rank anywhere from 7th to like 15th. And it really doesn't matter the order. So, you know, I ended up with Brees Hall among the rookie running backs as my top ranked one. But, you know, obviously that'll depend on how he's recovering. But I think Kenneth Walker was very impressed with the skill set he showed. The fact that they were willing at times to throw him the ball. I do think there's definitely top 12 and and potentially top 6 running back upside there.
0: There is uh, I, I, a question for you, a question for everybody listening and watching and feel free to reach out to me on Twitter at Dave Richard. If you've got an answer, can you name the last NFL player who suffered a torn ACL and came back and was as good, if not better, the following season, excluding quarterbacks? That's a tough one. I feel yeah, I like don't expect you to know anybody off the top of your head.
1: Yeah, like. I, I feel about like it. Cooper think Cup is pretty can think good about coming back, back from his torn ACL. Who's that? Cooper Cup, if I remember correctly, he was still pretty good. But yeah, no, that's that's one that's gonna gonna uh-huh. require some research for Brees Hall. Yeah. And he did, you know, it wasn't just the torn ACL. I think he had a meniscus tear there as well. So yeah. this could be a, a, a complicated one, as we saw with J.K. Dobbins and Chris exactly. Godwin and Gus Edwards. Yep. It's not mm-hmm. always as easy as we like to think. You know, you say a nine to twelve month timetable. Sometimes that means nine months. Sometimes it means thirteen months. You know, it's. It's just as likely to be that. So, Brees Hall, there's going to be a wide range of outcomes for him uh, in drafts in 2023, but very excited for what we saw from Kenneth Walker. I'm very excited uh, for what we saw from Brees Hall, and hopefully both of them can be great in 2023. That's going to do it for FFT and five. We'll be back in a couple of days. We're going to be going uh, three days a week moving forward, but we'll still be here throughout the offseason with the whole FFT team. We'll see you then.